A very good morning and a very warm welcome to Beckles Baptist Church and to this, our morning all-age service. Uh, I have the privilege of leading this church as the pastor. My name is Tom Fenning and I'm thrilled to be able to welcome you as we meet to praise and worship our Lord Jesus. Um, thank you so much for finding us here on our YouTube channel. Um, this is where all of our services will be found uh, during this current restriction that we're in the midst of with the coronavirus happening in our country. Um, we look forward to the time when we can meet together, but as we do every week, we'd urge you please to subscribe to our church YouTube channel so that you can be updated about services and other things that are put online so that you won't miss a thing. As with each Sunday morning service, we are going to hear some greetings from people that ordinarily we would have seen as we would have met as God's people. And I'm going to hand over to a few people who are going to say hello now. Looking forward to seeing the church family again soon. Love from Liz. Bye. Good morning, church family from the Cooper Coop. Morning, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine. Uh, missing being at church and particularly missing my Tuesday mornings at the ladies Bible study But uh, hope you're all looking after yourselves and taking care Good morning church family. Good morning, morning church, church family. family It's lovely to be able to do this, but it'll be much better when we get back to church Hope it won't be too long We miss church and we hope it won't be too long and we just want you to all take care till we meet again Bye. 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 Hello, church family. Happy Sunday to you from Tineke. Good morning, church family. Uh, greetings from Norfolk countryside. This is sunny Bergapton. Looking forward to seeing you all again soon. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. It was good to hear from all those folk um, bringing their greetings to us. Uh, we do continue to pray for one another until that day when we can see each other here in the church building. Before we pray, as we begin our service, I'm going to read some verses. Some verses from Isaiah, that's one of the prophets in the Old Testament, chapter 53. And we're going to read verses 4 to 6. These are verses that very clearly speak about the Lord Jesus coming to die for people who are wayward sheep. People like you and me. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The reason that we can meet together as God's people, confident that he will forgive us and that he does love us, is that at the very centre of history is this enormous exchange where Jesus took our place and took our punishment so that we could know his grace and his forgiveness. We're going to pray in light of this now. So let's bow our heads and let's talk to God. Our Father in heaven, these verses are absolutely staggering when we think that they apply to Jesus, the Son of God. Thank you that he is the one who took our pain, our suffering, he even was punished by you in our place. That blows our minds that he was pierced for our transgressions. It blows our minds that the punishment that he bore brought us peace and that by his wounds we are healed. It blows our minds and our hearts that we are loved that much, that we can have certainty that we've forgiven our sins Certainty that we are ushered into a relationship with you because of what Jesus has done for us. How we thank you for the Lord Jesus and pray that we would commit all of us, our ways to him. We'd commit our service to him now 
and that we might know his blessing and his kindness in the moments ahead. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have the Bible read for us now. Alice and Caitlin are going to bring this reading for us. It comes from 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 1 to 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 1 to 5. Hello, we're reading from 1 Peter chapter 5 and starting at verse 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. Well, before we go any further, why don't we just bow our heads and pray once more. Thank you, Father, for the Bible. Thank you that in there you speak so clearly to us. Please help us listen and take to heart to all that you say to us there. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, boys and girls, grown-ups, I want to start by asking you this simple question. I wonder if anybody has ever described you as being a bit like an animal. Has anyone ever described you as being a bit like an animal? I wonder if you've ever been described as being as quiet as a mouse. As quiet as a mouse. Or maybe the opposite is true of you, and actually you've been described as being like a, um, uh, a herd of elephants because you make so much noise. Ever been called? Like, described like a herd of elephants? Or, or maybe um, someone's described you as being um, a cheeky little monkey. Have you been described like that? Um, or maybe you have been described the way you eat. You eat like a pig. You eat like a pig, being described like that. Or, or maybe if you've been grumpy, someone might have said, well, you're, you're like a, a bear with a sore head. Well, there are lots of different comparisons that people can make to animals. But in the Bible, there's one picture that comes to the surface time and time again. And it's none of these. Instead, we are repeatedly described as being like one of these being like a sheep. And actually, the church... Now, remember, we're in a series at the moment called What God Calls the Church. The church is repeatedly referred to as a flock of sheep. And today, the church, we're going to see, is described as Christ's flock, his flock of sheep. Okay, let's recap what we've been learning in the last few weeks. There's been a question that we've asked each and every week, which is this. Uh, who is the church? And we have said, boys and girls, can you remember? Not the building, but the people. You say that with me? Uh, who's the church? Not the building, but the people. And in the last few weeks, the last four weeks, we've seen Four different ways in which God describes the church. Let's think about each of those for just a minute. In the first week, I wore a pair of glasses like this when we learned that the church is Christ's bride, a group of people that Jesus looks on with love. Then in the second week, we saw that there was a big wall that divided God's people. It was a wall that, can you remember what Jesus does to the wall? Jesus smashes the wall to smithereens and makes us all part of God's family. Uh, the third week, Peter spoke and we had Mr. Potato Head come to help us out as we thought about the fact that we are Christ's body. God calls us Christ's body. 
And then the fourth week, last week, we thought that we all look, are told we look a bit like one of these. We are spiritual bricks being made into God's home, the place where he lives, because God calls the church his home. Those are the four things we've learnt so far. And today, we are going to see that God calls the church Jesus' flock, because we're described as people who are like sheep. As we come this last time to consider what God calls the church, we've seen that we are called time and time again, Jesus' flock. And this description of us being like sheep teaches us something amazing about the Lord Jesus, something humbling about ourselves, and something encouraging about the people who lead the local church. And we're going to think about each of these things. So what do we learn by the fact that the church is described as being Christ's flock? Well, first up, we learn this. We are like sheep who go astray. We are like sheep who go astray. Now, I don't know about you boys and girls, but I don't think the description of being like a sheep is much of a compliment. Um, I mean, how many people, when it comes to the time of the nativity play at school, get the role of the sheep and think, yes, I'm a sheep? Well, usually we want to be at least a king, if not Joseph. But here we're told we are like a sheep. Or maybe we think of sheep and we think, well, when was a sheep ever the hero? Well, sheep just need rescuing, don't they? They're never the hero. But here we are told a sheep is what we are. And think for a moment of what sheep are like. Sheep aren't particularly strong. Sheep aren't particularly smart. Instead, the picture we have of sheep, not least in the Bible, is that they're rather silly. They can often be smelly too. It's not very complimentary, is it? And the thing is, if we are like sheep, it shows us that we need a shepherd. And throughout the Bible, as many times as people are described as being like sheep, God himself is described as being like a shepherd and like a really good shepherd. And, and when we follow this shepherd, then we actually know God's kindness, we know safety, we know his goodness. But there's a big problem, actually, because sheep in the Bible, people who are like sheep, are frequently described as being those who don't do what is right. A little bit earlier in 1 Peter, chapter 2, listen to how you and I are described. For you were like sheep going astray. You were like sheep going astray. Uh, note here... It, the going astray is, is walking away from God. And it's not an accidental thing, but instead it is a deliberate thing. It's an on-purpose thing. So we are like sheep who get lost. We are like sheep who get lost. And the problem is we do that on purpose. Let's think about that for a minute down here. One of our big problems is that we can end up being a bit like this sheep. Uh, God's way, the way that he wants us to live, is really plain and clear. He calls us to go this way, to obey him, to love him. But actually, like a wayward sheep, a sheep that goes astray, we're people who can see how God wants us to live, but instead we decide to go the other way. Uh, that's a repeated description of what I am like, what you are like, and what all people are like. And the big problem is, is, if we choose not to go God's way, where will we end up as sheep? Well, we will end up being people who are lost. People who are far from God. And the problem is that being lost doesn't just mean we don't know how to get back. But actually, the whole prospect of being lost is a position of being in danger. In danger from other people who would do us harm 
And actually, if we've walked away from the king of kings, our good shepherds, we're told that we're in danger from God because we turned our backs on him and walked away from him like a wayward sheep. You see, we are like sheep who get lost and end up in danger. That might not sound like good news, but the good news comes in this, is that God has decided to show us how much he loves us by sending us an amazing shepherd, a good shepherd. And that shepherd comes to seek out people who are lost and face the danger they should face. So we are described as being like sheep who get lost, but now we see that we are sheep who are loved, because secondly we see, as we think about the fact that God calls the church Jesus' flock, we learn that Jesus is the shepherd who saves. Jesus is the shepherd who saves Now think for a moment of who Jesus is as he's described in the Bible. He is the Son of God. There's never been a moment when he has not existed. He is eternal and he is all-powerful. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And yet how does he choose to describe himself? He says, I am the good shepherd. Now, back in Jesus' day, shepherds were very ordinary people. They weren't wealthy and powerful. They were often rejected and despised. But Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, says, I am the good shepherd. That should be, that should be quite surprising for us. But what Jesus then tells us about himself is even more surprising. Because he says this, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. A shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. But that is exactly what Jesus does. Back in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says of Jesus this, He bore our sins in his body on the cross. This great shepherd came to die on the cross in a place of danger so that we would know forgiveness. So that we, lost sheep, could be made safe. That's absolutely amazing. Jesus is the good shepherd who dies for wayward sheep like you and like me. But the thing is, boys and girls and grown-ups too, this good shepherd who comes and dies on a cross in our place says we've got to do something about it. In fact, we've got to... um, We've got to say two things. In order to move from a place of being lost to being found, from a place of danger to being in a place of safety, we must first up say of Jesus, this good shepherd, save me please. Save me please, so that I might be safe. So that I might be part of your flock. I'm lost, save me. And then secondly, we need to pray, Jesus, help me stick with you. Help me never walk away from you. Help me never move to a place of being lost and being in danger again. And actually, that is what loads of us have said to Jesus. Jesus loves to hear these prayers. Save me and help me stick with you. And listen to how we are described in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Peter's writing to a group of Christians who have prayed, save me, Jesus, and help me stick with you. Why? Because Jesus is the good shepherd who saves his people. Jesus is the good shepherd who saves his people. And so who makes up the flock of Jesus? Well, it is those people who have asked Jesus, please, would you save me? Not everybody is in Jesus' flock. Just those people who have said to Jesus, Jesus, please save me. I wonder whether you're part of Jesus' flock, whether you have prayed that prayer. I know that lots of us have. Boys and girls and grown-ups, if you never prayed it, that's the most important prayer anyone could ever pray. Jesus, please save me. Good shepherd, thank you for dying for me. Please save me. 
Uh, maybe you're a grown up here who, so I'm, just, I'm just dipping in here, I, I'm just looking into things, all of this stuff, there's so many questions I want to ask. Well, can I encourage you, please keep coming back on a Sunday as we seek to make plain who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. And one other thing that you might fancy making use of is a, an online course we're going to run called Story that will help you look into who Jesus is, his claims, his life, and what it means to follow him. I'll tell you more information about that in a little while. So we've seen so far, we are sheep, we are like sheep who get lost, and Jesus is the shepherd who saves. But how does Jesus care for his people now? Well, he does at least three things. He feeds us, he leads us, and he protects us. And how does he do that in a local church, a church like Beckles Baptist Church? Well, he does that very especially by the gifts he gives to the church. Let's think about them for a sec. Now, after Jesus died on the cross, rose back to life, uh, we're told that he ascended into heaven. He went to be with his father in heaven until the day he comes back. Um, but that still leaves people who've come to trust Jesus, who are now part of Jesus' flock. And the question comes, well, how are they going to be cared for by the Lord Jesus? The great news is that Jesus has given gifts to the church. And to a local church like Beckles Baptist Church, he's particularly given people as gifts. Uh, these people that Jesus has given to care for his flock by feeding them, leading them, and protecting them, are given the term elders. These are leaders, men that he has placed over the church to serve in the strength that Jesus provides to care for Jesus' people, Jesus' flock, to keep them safe and to make them strong. And the elders do this by, can you do the actions with me? Feeding them, feeding them, leading them, leading them, and protecting them, protecting them. And let's think about those a little bit further. So we've seen so far, we are like sheep who get lost. Jesus is the shepherd who saves. And thirdly, we're going to see that elders, these gifts that Jesus gives to his church, elders are shepherds who serve like Jesus. Throughout this bit of the talk, I'm going to keep asking you this question. How do the elders serve? And I'd like you to say this answer. They serve like Jesus. They serve like Jesus. Do you think you could say that? How do the elders serve? They serve like Jesus. And in the verses that Caitlin and Alice read to us, we see that really clearly. At the 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Grown-ups, you might want to follow this along with me. And just to say, if you've never looked in a Bible, the chapters, they're indicated by the big numbers. The verses, they're indicated by the little numbers. So big number five. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and as a witness of Christ's sufferings, who, will be, who also will share in the glory to be revealed, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, and not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock." As we read these verses, we ask the question, how do elders serve? What's the answer? They serve like Jesus. So we saw there, not because you must. So, so elders aren't to say, oh, if I must serve Jesus' people, then I suppose I will. Instead, elders to say, well, no, I'm willing. I'm pleased to serve Jesus and his people. Uh, that passage says that you're not to pursue dishonest gain. You're, you're not to think, hey, how could, I, how could I make some money? Or how could I become really famous? Instead, elders are to be eager to serve. They're to say, I'm here to help. What needs to be done? Uh, elders aren't to serve lording it over people. Now, you do what I say, when I say, how I say it. 
all right, they're not to lead like that. Instead, they are to be people who live a good example that other people can serve. Why? Because how do elders lead? How do elders serve? They serve like Jesus. They're to serve like Jesus. In our church, there are four men who serve as elders. Adrian, Doug, Peter, and myself. And as a church, we should be praying regularly for our elders that they would serve like Jesus, that they would be good examples for us to watch and to follow. We should pray that they would be eager and happy to serve God's people. And when we see elders serving like that, and often the elders serve like that here, you know what we should do? We should thank God for this gift that Jesus has given the church and we should thank the elders too for all that they are doing. And speaking of, just personally, I'm really grateful for the way that so many of you here as a church do thank us and encourage us for the work that we do. It is such an encouragement. Why should we pray for elders? Why should we encourage elders? Well, because how are elders to serve? They are to serve like Jesus. And God needs to be at work in us if that is going to be possible. Uh, and note, don't you, that it's really upsetting when elders and leaders in churches don't serve like Jesus, when they're mean and unkind and unforgiving. You might be sat there thinking, well, I've had that experience in the past. How is that possible? Well, it's possible because even the best elder there's ever been, the best church leader there's ever been, is still a sheep. It can still wander astray and it still needs Jesus to save them and to keep them going. And moreover, elders need other elders to serve them and help them. So it breaks our hearts when we see elders not serving like Jesus, but it shouldn't surprise us, but it should, whenever we see it, urge us to pray for ourselves and for the elders of our church. So to sum up, let me ask that question we've asked all the way through once more. How do elders serve? They serve like Jesus. They do that by feeding Jesus' flock, by leading Jesus' flock, and by protecting Jesus' flock. And we should say that, actually, the elders aren't the only people who do this. Instead, loads of people do these things informally. And there are lots of people who have roles where they do the feeding, leading, protecting with their leadership responsibilities here at church too. I think of the Sunday school teachers, people who teach in Quest for Christ. Think of people who lead at Jam. Think of home group leaders. Think of people who serve as deacons here. Think of many other ministry leaders. They do this feeding this leading, this protecting, as they too serve like Jesus. And we thank God for them. But elders are the people who are given particular responsibility to serve like Jesus and to lead God's people here. And what will make their role a joy and your role a joy as a church member here? Well, by heeding and hearing verse 5. In the same way you who are younger Submit yourselves to your elders. It's as we allow them to lead, as we submit to them, pay attention to them, pray for them, that it makes the life in church one lived in harmony and in joy. And it's my prayer that as we carry on as a church, that, that, that there will be other men who will rise to the service, surface, who do a brilliant job of feeding other people, leading other people, and protecting other people who we will all be able to recognise as people fit to serve as elders in our church. Because when the elders, the group of elders is strong and there's a good number of us serving the church, well then the church is strong and safe and joyful and trusting above all in Jesus. I'm going to end by the question I started with at the beginning. How are we described in the Bible? Uh, we are described repeatedly as being like one of these, being like sheep. Sheep who easily get lost, 
but sheep for whom Jesus, the great shepherd, has died to save us. Let's be people who trust him for our rescue. And we are sheep to whom Jesus has given the great gift of elders. Elders who serve like Jesus, who feed us, who lead us, and who protect us, helping us live for God. We praise God that he has given Jesus, he's given us elders, to serve him as we ought. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Bible being so clear in describing what we are like. Thank you that it says repeatedly that we are like sheep who can easily get lost. Thank you that so many of us here have come to trust the Lord Jesus as the shepherd who laid down his life to save us. Thank you that Jesus has given the gift of elders to the church to lead the church, to feed the church and to protect the church as Jesus' spirit gives them power. Thank you for Doug and Adrian and Peter and myself and the privilege we have of serving. Help us serve in a way that honours the Lord Jesus and does immense good for his people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, having looked at the passage together, we're now going to turn and let Ben try and tell us some of the things that really stuck out for him. Morning, boys and girls. We've learned lots about the church in the last few weeks. We've seen God calls the church, Jesus is bride, God's family, Jesus' body, God's home, and Jesus' flock. Hmm. I think I like being told that I'm a sheep, or that I'm like a sheep that gets lost. But when I think about it, I know that God is right. It's also too easy for me to fail to go God's way. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is the shepherd who saves? So even though I was lost, Jesus came to find me and save me, dying on the cross for me. And because of him, I need to put my trust in Jesus by saying, save me and help me stick with you. And it's great that Jesus gives gifts to the church to help them follow God. Can anyone remember what those gifts were? That's right, they were elders. They are to serve like Jesus and care for the flock. Great to hear from you as ever, Ben. Thanks for sharing things that stuck out to you from that passage. Well, before we go any further, we are going to sing in response to the things that we have heard. We're going to sing a couple of songs. We're going to sing about the Lord being our shepherd, the one who keeps us safe, the one who leads us to places of God's goodness. And then we're going to sing also a children's song, one which we've sung many times, which says, We are the church. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still waters. His goodness restores my soul. And I will trust in you. And I will trust in you. For your endless mercy follows me. Your goodness will lead.
Well, we're going to spend a few moments praying now um, and seeking God's blessing for us here as a church, but also wider afield. We're going to pray for a church called Westgate Chapel in Bury St. Edmunds, and then we're going to pray for the situation in the USA uh, with all that's going on there, um, praying for peace to come, praying for wisdom for leaders. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much for our church family. Thank you for the many, many people here who serve in lots of different ways. Thank you for people who have positions of leadership. We think of home group leaders and deacons and Sunday school leaders and jam leaders and people who head up different ministries. Thank you for them. Uh, thank you too for those people that you have called and placed as elders over our church. Thank you for Adrian and Doug and Peter and myself. Thank you for the privilege that we have of serving your people. Please, please, Father, would you help us look more and more like the Lord Jesus in how we serve? Would you use us uh, to bless and encourage the church here? And please, would you raise up other men to serve in capacity as elders here? people who delight to serve amongst the church, Jesus' flock. Father, we pray too for all those with leadership responsibilities throughout the church, that you would make us people who are humble and who live really good examples, serving like Jesus. Father, we pray very especially for people who are poorly and struggling at the moment. We'd very especially name Avril as she continues in hospital and Morris praying, please, gracious Father, that they would know so much of your mercy and kindness. Please would you help Avril as she recovers from this operation on her hip. We pray that she would be able to come to Beckles Hospital soon uh, to receive further treatment and rehab there. Pray you'd help Morris as he longs to be able to see Avril, but at the moment is unable. Have mercy on this dear couple, we pray. Uh, Father, thinking further afield, we thank you for other churches that we can partner with in the gospel. And we particularly pray for Westgate Chapel, where Gareth Russell is the pastor. Please would you continue to bless them as they manage the difficulties as a church of meeting online rather than in the flesh. Please would you sustain them while they long for and look forward to the day when they are able to meet as your people. Father, we pray very especially that you'd help Gareth as he leads the church to lead it in a way that is wise and good. And pray particularly for him and his wife, Hannah, as they care for their children. We pray very especially for their youngest daughter, Florence, who is just unwell with a, a problem with her kidneys that the doctors are struggling to diagnose. Please would you give the doctors great wisdom as they try to work out how to treat them best. And please would you help Gareth and Hannah as they care for their family and as they seek to trust you through all of this. Have mercy on them, we pray. We commit them to you, recognising their great need of your help. Father, we pray too, as we think even further afield of the USA and all that's going on there since the death of George Floyd just over a week ago. Father, our hearts are grief-stricken at the loss to George Floyd's family and his friends, but all the more for the way in which it represents a, a sense of racism and unfairness in that country as there is too in our country. And our Father, we want to pray with protests and um, going on and police seemingly using heavy hands to deal with the people that, dear Father, you'd intervene in this situation. Please give those um, people in positions of authority and especially the police that capacity to bring justice and reform to keep people safe and to pay attention to the grievances of those people protesting. And Father, we pray for people who are particular victims of racism and hatred. Please, our Father, both in our country and in the USA and around the world, would you weed out racism? Deal with our hearts too, we pray. We're sorry that we do not love others as Jesus has loved us. Please continue to help us repent and change, we pray. And Father, these things we pray, pleading that you would just have mercy on our world, we're concerned that we see our world under the ravages of sin and we plead that the Lord Jesus might come again sometime soon. But until then, have mercy, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.
Our time is almost through now, so there are simply a few notices that we'd like to draw to your attention. Um, the first is to say that there are family worksheets that will have been emailed out to you. They're also available on our church website, which would just help a grown-up sit down with the children and think further about what you have been learning um, from the passage we've been looking at and about the fact that God calls his church Jesus' flock. Um, on our YouTube channel, you will also find a playlist of songs to help you respond to what we have been learning. Um, those are going to be available for the next few weeks up on our YouTube channel and should be easy to find. Do join us, please, uh, this evening when we have our evening service at 6.30 on YouTube again. Peter Skerritt, our assistant pastor, will be preaching as we look at the book of 1 John and continue with our series called Confident Christianity. In my talk, I mentioned a course that we are going to start running soon called Story. It's going to be happening on Wednesday the 17th of June and Wednesday the 24th of June, happening online and in the evening. Should you want more information about it, well, we've got a video now in which Peter Skerritt outlines what the course is all about. Everyone loves a good story, whether it's a romance or crime, horror or sci-fi films, with heroes and villains, twists and turns, great feats and great flops. Everyone loves a good story. And everyone's got their own story, complete with heroes and villains, with twists and turns, with great feats and great flops. Now, where does Jesus fit into your story? Or if you were to put the question the other way around, where do you fit into his story? Now, wherever you're at, whatever your story, we'd love you to join us at Story. Together, we'll dip into some of Jesus' best-known stories, stories that show how his story connects with my story and your story. Now, the aim is to let Jesus do the talking, and you could do the questioning. And if you'd rather just sit back and listen, that's no problem either. Story starts online on June the 17th, Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and will be done within the hour. If you're interested, uh, just send me an email on this address below, and we'll give you all the info you need. We really hope you'll be able to join us at Story to see what his story means for your story. As Peter explained, the course is designed to help us see how the story of the Lord Jesus connects with our story and actually makes sense of our stories. We'd really encourage you to consider coming along to that, um, either as a Christian who you're thinking I'd love to brush up on the basics, but much more for people who would say, well, I don't think I am a Christian and I'd like to look into these things. Please just get in contact with Peter uh, via his email address that should be on the screen now and also can be found on our church website. Um, we'd encourage you to, uh, folk who are regulars here at the church, to consider sharing some of these things either via email or on social media. Maybe you've got particular friends you'd love to invite to come. Please do think who you might invite to join us. That's story. A few other things just very briefly before we wrap up. The first is to say that we have our next two episodes of our podcast, our Reading Together podcast. They're available on um, our website, on our YouTube channel, and in any place that you find podcasts. Um, you can just search for the Reading Together podcast and you should find it very easily. Um, there are just two more episodes to come the week following, um, so do look out for them too. At midweek, we have our home groups happening. Again, they're meeting on Thursdays in the evening and our daytime group meets on Friday. If you'd like to be involved in them, please do get in touch with me. They meet over Zoom online. Um, do get in touch by simply responding to the email that I send out each week. Then finally, just to mention next Sunday. Next Sunday should have been our church day away on the Saturday, followed by a Sunday service on Sunday morning, and then a barbecue in the afternoon. Uh, we were planning on things that we wouldn't be having an evening service. 
And actually, we're going to continue with that. So there's no evening service, but we are thrilled that Doogie Affleck, who is due to come and speak at our church day away, is able to preach for us next Sunday. We look forward very much to him preaching to us. Um, and to go alongside what he has to say, Beth is going to be doing a brief Sunday school children's slot at nine o'clock to help the children grasp what the passage is about that Doogie's going to be speaking on. We'd encourage you to look that up and we'll be sending out more details about that. And then for the latter part of the day, we'd simply encourage you to try and maybe catch up with someone else from church, uh, doing so at a, a socially appropriate distance and also doing so in someone's garden or maybe going for a walk with someone. But why not, with the limited opportunities we have, just seek to meet up and encourage someone else from church, please. That's next Sunday. Morning service, no evening service, but do take the opportunity to see people then. And finally, as we close, we'd just say to you, please do pick up the phone, get on the computer, maybe go knock on someone's door um, and seek to encourage other folk here in the church um, as we seek to live for the Lord Jesus today. Well, before we close, let me lead us in a final prayer and then we will go our separate ways. Dear Father, we thank you so much for time to meet today around the Bible. Thank you that you have spoken to us about Jesus, our good shepherd, Please might we be very conscious of his presence with us as we serve him and live for him this week. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen.